0: so thank you so much for being with us today on this version of applaudable perspectives i am very honored to welcome eric genius and i met eric a few weeks ago about a month ago i was invited to the dark horse studios to hear him perform with uh his incredible well a group of people that he played with I and mean, you play with a, a violinist you had a, a a singer with you, and just let's talk a little bit about you. You hail from Simpsonville, Kentucky. You're classically trained, and uh, let's get into, let's roll up our sleeves and find out a little bit more about you, Eric. T- tell us tell us about your background. Where are you from originally? Well,
1: thank you, Pam. Um, it's an honor to be here. Originally from Toronto, Canada, so I'm Canadian by birth, and I, I moved to the States. I, I got a piano degree in Toronto, you know, piano performance degree. And I moved here to the United States basically to, to I was in, hired by a TV studio to provide a lot of the music for their shows and for their promotions and so on. And then that was sort of contractual work. And when that ended, I really turned to my first love. My first love is really composing and then performing music that I compose. So one of the things that I did when I was a young man, Pam, was I promised myself that you know, I'll, I'll play my music anywhere and for anybody. I will never say no to a concert. So, you know, I've sort of thrown my life over the last thirty years to perform in a lot of very dark places.
0: Now, well, you explained when when I heard you perform, you were ex- you were explaining about working in the prison system.
1: Right. So basically, and that wasn't something intentional. It's not like oh, I'll go and play in prison. I promised I would never say no. I take world-class soloists and and, you know sort of why do I do that? Why do I go in and and, and sort of offer that? It's because I really believe in the impact of music on civilization Mm -hmm. and on culture. So Mm -hmm. one day Pam I was I was after a performance Mm -hmm. a guy said oh I would really love I work in a prison would you come and play? So I went and played and Pam was one of the most incredible experiences I've ever had. This man in the second row who was in there for double murder, he's never getting out, he stood up and he threw up his arms and he yelled out, I forgot what hope felt like. <laughs> and, and that stopped me in my tracks. Here's why. When I walked in that prison, I was struck at how ugly the prison was, mm-hmm. how there was an absence of color, absence of light, sort of the, 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 the everything was sort of this hospital white color. The walls, the the, the floor was a cement gray. the lighting was this, this really sort of hideous fluorescence that cast dark shadows. There was nothing beautiful, nothing inspiring. You know, when you walk into someone's home, you think, oh, that's beautiful. I'm very inspired by the colors, the, the woodwork, many things. There was nothing that you would say on a human level. Oh, I'm very uplifted by this or by that. So the, 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 the sort of the absence of beauty is very striking. And this one man stood up and he yelled out, "I forgot what hope felt like." And I thought that's very strong language. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of that same same concert, came with the the I had a so I have a world class violin and cellist at every show, and we were performing, and the whole front row in the middle of the violin solo charged the stage. Not in a threatening way; it was very, it was very you know endearing. Mm-hmm. And they they just you know they just. They kept on telling, you know, my violin, play, play, as though they were being fed for the first time. And it really struck me. I always knew theoretically the impact of beauty on culture. I've Mm -hmm. always known it, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and on the individual. But here I'm seeing it. I am seeing grown men jump up and down. I am seeing men who have done the worst things in the world and their upbringing themselves being the worst in the world. I'm watching them being so moved by this and i thought boy if we really understood the impact of music on the young on the the person on culture on hope on civilization in general we would really pay more attention what we sort of what we give and what we allow the children to Mm breathe and so i so that's that's why Pam, i sort of so then a lot of people sort of heard that i'm playing in these places So I play in a lot of inner city schools because these places can't play or can't pay money. So since then I've I've performed over a thousand shows in prisons, including death row in several places. I'm going back to death row in Texas in in a month. And, And so I'm playing a lot of inner city schools, a lot of drug rehab centers for people that would never in a million years get to hear musicians play at the level that I bring these great soloists.
0: Well, you have a beautiful heart for it, and, and uh, you know, one of the things that you shared with when I heard you perform, you said you were going to Mexico, and you're going to play in in Mexico, <clears throat> and I think you were in Chaco, Mexico, but you didn't go into any details. Tell our, our audience who you played for. I think this is pretty compelling.
1: Yeah, Pam, that was, uh, that was, uh, I'll never forget, you know, I'll get all and I'll forget everything else. I'll never forget that concert. That concert took place on just you know three weeks ago Mm -hmm. and i was going for one day which is something i never do i never sort of go to a city for one day because it's very you know economically inefficient i try to make a tour out of it but i went to play for three thousand orphan girls who had all of them all of them were very brutally sexually abused very you know abandoned Ah. you know just the worst of the worst that you can imagine to little girls and these girls were, you know, eight, nine and 10 and so on. And there were 3,000 of them and what was really striking. I mean, I, I'm, I, you know, the, the concert was just about to start and the director came up to me and he said, oh, he said, you know, you're playing for 3,000 girls that have been very, very damaged. And I said, I'm, I'm very honored to do this. And then he said, oh, there's a demand for over 3 million. We just don't have the space. Oh. So suddenly, my mind, Pam, is going to all these places that I drove from the airport to the concert center in Chalco, which is 45 minutes outside of Mexico City. Mm-hmm. And when there's traffic, it could be up to three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. he said there could, you know, there's there's a, a demand for you know three million plus. And I think about all these terrible things that are going on to these young girls and these young boys. And you know, they are they orphaned
0: most of them, or they've just been. Have they been taken from their parents, or how did they end up in Chaco?
1: Yeah, so uh, a lot of them are orphans. A lot of them have a single, they're basically a single mom, and they've been abused by extended family members, so Mm -hmm. the mom delivers them there, saying, please protect my my child, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, so there's many, many different scenarios that are playing, and there's a lot of drugs involved. So basically, they go into towns, And they just say, we're willing to to accept any young girl or any young boy, because they have a a unit for boys and unit for girls that, you know, that wants to sort of further their education and have other opportunities. And, and, you know, a lot of sort of parents or single moms or single dads are almost pushing their child to go, go and and be protected Mm -hmm. from, you know, this and, and they are and the beautiful thing is, you know, they're, they're loved and they're cared for in these centers. Like they're listened to like two years they were telling me the first two years, these children are very confused and very angry. And so they, they, for two years, they're just talking and all they do at the center is listen mm-hmm. and try to keep peeling back the onion. They don't mm-hmm. avoid it. Mm-hmm. They keep going after the wound and eventually you start seeing healing and trust and you know um, vulnerability again and all the beautiful things it is to be a child and that hope and awe and wonder that these children are supposed to always have and never lose and 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 so when i when i just think you know i'm a musician i can go in and i can bring hope and i can bring joy and i can bring beauty and i can touch their souls you know in ways that that other things can't you know that that's the beauty about music music is a language and music is a language that speaks to the soul and the heart and the mind it goes to the depths of our very humanity of who we are in a way that nothing else can. It transcends politics, it transcends point of view, it transcends mm. education, it transcends everything. And so the, the the beautiful thing that I'm very honored to do is, you know, I'll go play for the musical elite and, and they seem to be very moved and then I'll go and play under a bridge for people who are suffering from PTSD. Right. Live,
0: mm-hmm. and they're
1: moved. And so I just, I'm very, very grateful.
0: And these young kids that you played for, you're playing classical music to kids that are nine years old and they're still resonating with it.
1: It's true. It's my music, which is very classical in form. So it's not official, like it's not Beethoven and Bach, but it is my music. And in form, it's very classical.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, but it does have a modern edge. So it's sort of, it, it, it does appeal to the modern ear. Um, but yes, these kids are listening to the piano, the violin, and the cello for two hours, and you could have heard a pin drop for that whole two hours.
0: Wow. So,
1: yeah, it was really, really beautiful.
0: So. Well, and so you also are performing for, you you're, You know, you're playing whoever wants you to play. You're just like any other musician. You're looking for places to play. You want to play in listening rooms and uh, you want to do concerts, wherever anybody will, will let you perform. And, and you also are doing some scoring for some films coming up. Um, I want to read something. Here from Jim Caviezel, who was in The Passion of the Christ, of course, and he's also in a current film that's out right now that that you and I have spoken about, which is The uh, Sound of Freedom. And here's what he says about Eric. He said, A world-class pianist, composer, and artist whose music translates beyond its genre to lift the audience to belief and hope in the power of the human spirit, which is quite beautiful. Um, Stephen... McKee 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 Stephen yep. McKeefty Stephen McKee there we go. He's the executive producer of Braveheart, We Were Soldiers, and The Passion of the Christ has this to say. Uh, what a refreshing and new approach to music. Eric's creations are moving but exhilarating, thoughtful, but so enjoyable. You just want to listen to them over and over again. So how about them apples?
1: Well, here's the thing about about that sort of thing. These are things that people can just sort of predict. And here's what I mean. Um, you know, I was performing once in a youth prison, Pam, and I'll never forget this story. Here I am in a youth prison. The funny thing about this youth prison is that they were all tried and convicted as adults.
0: Uh. So
1: all these youths, all these youth, these are kids that were all 15, and they're all going away. I mean, they've done some tough things. So they say, how do you... So, you know, how do you give a 15-year-old life in prison? Well, very often they've had a criminal history and then they've done something really bad and then that's it, the judge is, is done. And so they, all these kids are going away for 30 plus years. This one boy at the end of the show stood up and I'll never forget it. Like a little boy was, like a 15-year-old kid would. And he said, can I hear that violin alone? Uh. So here's a kid that knows everything about every style of music. And here he is. You know, sort of being having an encounter with the violin for the first time in his life, and and so what happened was he he um, you know the violin is played, and and when he played, this boy said you know he threw his hand over his heart, and he said that violin is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard in my life. Why have I never heard it before? And the boy began to weep. Uh. And I'm I'm just looking at this thinking, why is this the first time he's ever heard this? Why haven't we appealed to his sense of awe and wonder for wanting beautiful things? See, beauty seems to go in and touch us, Pam, and elevate our humanity. But if you remove that beauty from civilization, what what, what do people have? They have cynicism.
0: So I have to say, Er Eric also has... um... So a child, a special needs child that he, that he works yeah. with. So you speak because you've had challenges yourself within your personal life, your family. You, had, you lost a child, and then you have a, a, a special needs child that's the light of your, of your life. And so you have a compassionate, empathetic spirit, I think, that comes from just who you are as a human being, but also some of the challenges that you and your wife have had as well. Oh, there's, there's no doubt. Eric's are, Eric's like a he could play Carnegie Hall but he's a very genuine man who uh, loves his family and loves loves his grandchildren and his children and his wife so there you have it it doesn't get any more real than this <laughs> exactly
1: so um, I'll, I'll just finish that first story Pam so that boy stood up and I thought why why is this the first time you know, it's, it's as though, I mean, you know, there's many styles of music that are entertaining. And I'm not going to, you know, belittle any style. There's liberty there and meaning in all styles of music. However, when you give this boy something really beautiful, like the sound of a gorgeous violin, he was moved, he was visibly moved, and he was sitting there expressing this. Right. You know, so this was the first time. And I think if we understood the impact of beauty, like, and, and, and you know, we've known it. Like, like, you know, Confucius thousands of years ago said, if you want to know the morality of a nation, let me hear the music. So we've known about the impact of music. Plato said, if you want to govern a nation, you don't need the laws, you need the music. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking we've known about the impact of music, and here we have kids in our modern civilization where we're so advanced, and yet they've never had exposure to beauty. So my, my goal is to go around and... Play for the sophisticated, play for the simple, play for the educated, play for, play for those who are free, play for those who are incarcerated, play for everybody. Mm-hmm. I really believe in my work. I believe in my music. I believe in it so much I've thrown my life at it. Mm-hmm. I've sacrificed a great deal for it and because I believe in it and I have a lot of hope for it. So I go around and I travel and I play because the best gift I can give to humanity is my own music.
0: Mm-hmm. Eric's mission statement, this is in his brochures. is simply this, to positively impact culture through the beauty of music. And he, he writes, my vision is to touch the human heart with an experience of the beautiful, and through this encounter bring hope, healing, inspiration, and transformation. And and you can contribute if anyone's interested who's listening. Um, he actually has a non-prof where you can become a partner in hope and give a tax de- dola- tax deductible. Give a tax deduct. Let me start again. You can become a partner in hope, and give a tax deductible donation for as little as ten dollars a month to help promote Eric's work really across the globe. And uh, I'm just going to real quick give the listeners an information here with Eric, and it's it looks like genius when you first look at his name, which he is a genius, but it's spelled. E-R-I-C-G-E-N-U-I-S dot com slash concerts for hope. So, um, pretty powerful stuff, I have to say. And yeah. and he's dynamic and he's very very passionate. He also has a website, Ericgenius. dot com, and um, Eric at Eric E R I C G E N U I S. dot com. And uh, he's based out of, he's on Twitter. He's he's based in, as I said, Simpsonville, Kentucky. Tell me where Simpsonville is. I have not heard of Simpsonville. What's the closest major yeah. city?
1: It's, it's right beside, it's a little suburb of Louisville. Near Louisville, and, okay. Yeah, and so, so, Down syndrome basis here. And I have a beautiful daughter. My 19-year-old girl has Down syndrome. And so, um, yeah, so we uh, we, we chose... The, the Kentucky area, plus it's very close to many, many cities, so I'm a very good portion of the, the population, and I have to drive everywhere as opposed to fly yeah. because I have all my gear. So, but you, you know, Pam, I wanted to—I don't know how much time you have, but I really wanted to share this one. I have plenty stories.
0: of time. I want you to tell stories. I want you to—if you've got anything humorous you want to add, um, funny things that have happened. You told me a story about your daughter that was really beautiful, if you want to share that. And this is your time, so we can also uh, put in a little bit of your music, because you you sent me some music, so we can intersperse some music for people to listen to, and they can go on on your website, too, and and hear more. And, by the way, you're looking to book a Christmas party? This is your guy. You're looking to have him do your daughter's wedding? I mean, he will do whatever you want him to do. He will come, and it will be an amazing, uh, compelling event so i can't say enough good things about it. we're we're new friends but he touched my heart for sure and uh, i want to try to open some doors for him
1: oh that's very kind of you thank you pam um so as i mentioned earlier in the interview that you know i'll be uh i'll be going back to death row it's really an interesting thing so you know i i go and i play in schools, and i and then here i am i'm going to play in death row very often i'll play in schools that are you know, sort of inner city schools, what do I see? These kids, they're when you know, they're, they're, some of them, their lives are very tragic. Like they, their fathers perhaps are incarcerated or aren't around at all. And their mothers often struggle with addiction. So these children, these poor children really have nobody to raise them. So they grow up in different scenarios where they're trying to sort of assimilate or make some sort of, you know, create some, some image of a family very often it turns into gangs very often it turns into inappropriate you know friends and leading them down roads that aren't so good and you know when i'm playing death row after the concert it's really really fascinating so when i play prisons normally they just come out like they could be in an auditorium it could be in the gym in the prison and it's just like a regular show not death row when i play in death row they are in their cells. And it's like they're broken into three different sections. They, and I'm at, if you picture a V, I'm at the point of the V and they're in their cells lining up three different sections. So I put my speakers in each section, but they can't fully see me. They can only see what they can, the glimpse of, uh, you know. And so what happens is they're, they're sort of, you know, after the show, I go, from cell to cell. Wow. And I'm I'm meeting every one of them. And I'm looking in their little slit. I'm looking, I'm I'm looking at, I'm looking through their little slit and they do paintings and things like that. And they're looking at me through their little slit and we're having a conversation. And in Texas was about two years ago. And Pam, it was really shocking. I went to one guy's name was Romero Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. and Ramiro was crying and he said I was supposed to die yesterday he was he was scheduled to die in fact what they do is they drive them from Polanski unit and they drive them over to it's called um, you know, the, the um, it's the walls unit you know, where, they, where they are put to death You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. so it's a different unit where they're housed them in, in, for death row and where they, and where they kill them and oh. He was driven there. He was sort of like walked down death row, you know. Now this and is in Texas. So where,
0: Eric, where, where was this Texas, or where, where were you located? Yeah, that's in yeah, in Texas. And, and which which know, prison? Do you remember the prison?
1: Well, the prison that that, that I played at was called Polenski. That's where death row is. Polenski. But the, but that's not where they killed them. They killed them, you know, at the it's called Walzian, the it's W A L L S, and they um. You know, it's, it was really, it's really tough because this boy, you know, was weeping and he's saying, I was scheduled to die and if I died I wouldn't have heard this concert. Uh, is that something? And then the next over, there's a guy there and, you know, Pam, it's interesting because they say that the worst day of their life is the day that their lawyer calls them and says the state is preparing a day of execution. Mm-hmm. And usually when that, when they say that, I mean, you could be in, trouble for 20, 30 years, but once they say that, you get about four months to live
0: yeah and yeah.
1: this guy said i got worst day of my life today because i got that phone call mm-hmm. and then he said and then you came and played and it's the best day of my life and here's what's interesting those guys have all been on death row for decades 100 percent of those guys are there because of drug use 100 percent right. of them right. either high when they did their act or they were in the middle of an addiction which altered their ability to make decisions so we come and we play, and they are they, moved. They become so raw. They become very vulnerable. And I'm watching this right before my eyes, how these men who have done the most heinous crimes, who are locked up in the cell, who, because of staffing problems, don't even get there one hour a day out. They're, they have no window to the outside mm-hmm. of their cell. And their cell is maybe 8 feet by 8 feet. Like, it's a very small cement room. And they try to make it as human as possible breaking down and being very vulnerable at what? At beauty, at the sound of a violin, at the sound of a cello. So when when you know, when I look at, at life and I think, well, boy, isn't life tough? Well, yeah, life is tough. There are things we can do to just get, do little things to start life back on track. And how do you get a civilization back on track? First of all, Pam, and how do you bring hope? Beauty. Mm -hmm. beauty touches in a way that nothing else no fortune no success beauty is has a connection to our humanity in a way that nothing else Mm -hmm. does so when they say oh you know you know musicians it's it's a nice sort of pastime no it's not a nice pastime. it's far more important far more critical and far more um relatable than just your your nice evening out to sort of pass the time and so this is what you know is is a dream to sort of relate to the world let's not forget this tremendous gift we have been given in the ability that we can create music as human beings and we can create music that goes in and moves some of the best you know sort of compliments are when people say i just i just don't know what to say good you don't need to say anything Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. you you don't need to try to describe the the uplifted feeling or the sense of joy you have after hearing music that has moved you so much. And I'm so honored to be part of that. You know, I give all the credit to my musicians who are phenomenal performers. But that's what music has always meant to civilization. And I see it in a very raw way. So when I played over a thousand shows in prison and I've seen it over and over and I've gotten letters over and over, men, women, like women who have killed their children, you know who mm-hmm. are in there for one woman stabbed her son to death mm. like she had to touch him to, to kill like it was just it's so horrible but yet she's there weeping at the concert and you just sort of look at that and you and you just think if it touches these people on a very real sense then what about those who are sophisticated well it touches them too now they may not be overtly they may not be it in the way that is to Mm-hmm. Prisoner would, mm-hmm. but it's there. So you think, okay, well then, what about our young? You know, so what are we giving our young if we know that music touches and, and is able to go in and uplift their humanity? Are we are we bathing our young in this music? So Pam, I, I just think it's far more important than we sort of look at it. Music is a business. I get it. Music, you have to to sell stuff. You have to make money. I get it. But there's far more to it than any of that. And,
0: and how long so have hard. you been doing your prison work? Eric,
1: um, about twenty years. Ken. Wow, about twenty oh. years. Yeah, yeah. And it's again, I don't mean to do it. I just, you know, I'm, you know, like I was just invited by the governor of of um, Washington State. They want me in every prison in Washington State, so I want to be in every prison in Washington State. So I'm going.
0: <laughs> wow. So, so would yeah. you say that? Do you have? Would you say if you had to list your passions as prison number one of the passions, or is it? children or just anyone who is wanting to hear you play? Do you have a preference of who you play for?
1: Yeah, that's a really great question. You know, I'm um, always—they all have very different expressions and different sort of realities to me. Sort of when you play for drug rehab people, you just sort of think a lot of them are court ordered. It's similar to playing in the prison, except they're out. So they're getting out, they're going into civilization, they're about to enter really hard times. They probably lost everything multiple times. Their family probably has nothing to do with them, but they're now back out on the street. The guy in the prison stays in prison. You know, mm-hmm. but these guys are out. So when the guy in the rehab center says, yeah, I'm going to be out in two months, and he's bawling, saying how moved he was, that's a very different kind of, it's, it's much, uh, there's much more of an agitation to that than there was the guy that said, yeah, I'm in here for the next 40 years, you know? and then children oh my goodness Pam the goal is to try to make them really believe in who they are and to believe in civilization and believe in their own abilities and to recognize that life is beautiful and there's this awe and wonder that they should live out not be, go through life pessimistically mm-hmm. so when you play for children the excitement about you know hopefully giving them the, the beauty or helping them see the beauty of who they are as people so that when they step out into life they recognize there is something really profound I have to offer, and only I have to offer, and I'm going to give it my all. That's awesome, as opposed to just, yeah, life is, you know, life's bad or whatever, life's no good or my job's no good, my family's no good. Like, there's so much pessimism and cynicism that does not need to be. I play for, you know...
0: They have, to- you're they're teaching them that they have choices. We have choices. Yeah.
1: Oh, and, and, and the choices that they make should stem from... A, a real depth and respect for themselves mm-hmm. and the civilization and for who they are and to expect good things. Not that they have to go and do amazing things, but they can do things that deeply affect them. You know, you know, this when when, when people come up and they. Are, are are so broken, and they and, and they say, "Oh, what do I do?" I say, "Go and find someone more broken than you, yeah,
0: yeah, and exactly. go and
1: help them." Mm-hmm. You know, like even in these in, these inmates, you know, when they, you know, they they self condemn all the time. You know, I you know I'm I'm a horrible person. I've done this act twenty years ago. I said, "Okay, you want to self condemn rather than go in the corner and sort of sink yourself into paralysis and sort of enter your own mind that way." Go and find an inmate that is worse off than you, and an inmate that you. Go and help them. Go and you know do all you can to be a friend to them, even though you don't like them. That'll hurt yourself, but it'll be meaningful. Mm-hmm. So Pam, there's there's just so much good. So for me, what what you know what do I like doing the most? I, yeah, I have to say, you know any form of the the real broken people, because that that's the level of humanity where we all live. But. You know, we're we're all broken, sure. just different levels. You know,
0: absolutely uh, different,
1: different levels and different opportunities. But you know, we we have our our condemnations. for those who are in prison. Ah, oh, throw away the key. Look at those guys did, and I get those mail all the time. I get hate mail saying, "Why do you go and play for those guys? And why do you play for the guys that killed my brother?" And all that kind of stuff. And I get it. It hurts. However, I look at this, and I think when you look at the background of those guys, they're brutal. Pen, they're absolutely brutal. These guys didn't have, they didn't take piano lessons like I did. They didn't have that opportunity. So I'm not, I don't, I don't have the gift to go and save them or to go and, you know, heal them. I'm just going to go and give all I can and play for them and hopefully give them the gift of seeing their humanity in a very dignified and uplifted
0: way. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, you know, the, when I heard you play, I said, well, you know, it's you, you come and you perform and you touch them for an hour or two, or however long you're there performing, and then you go and visit them. Uh, which I didn't realize you went cell to, hel- cell to cell with some of these guys and and ladies. Um, but I said, why aren't they not playing your music in the prisons? If the music is helping heal, why can't they be playing it when they wake up in the morning? Why can't they be playing it at meals? Uh, to me, that would be a way to touch and and humanize the prison experience. Now you're you're dehumanizing people. They're being punished but also do we are we just warehousing people or are we trying to eventually help them come in come back into society some of them will never get back out again but some of them could hopefully be rehabbed and be meaningful contribute cont, make meaningful contributions to society Um at any rate whoever's staying there let's make the stay what if you know there were fewer incidents of crime? What if people had a better—they were kinder to one another? What if there were less incidents that the prison guards had to deal with? You know, there there are things we can aspire to. So it's not just this horrible place that where we're housing humanity, and because people have had uh, hurt people, hurt people, and so often, as you said, they've made some a few wrong decisions and it's affected the rest of their lives uh, in a negative manner.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, thank you for your kind words, thinking that my music would make that, that much of a difference. They do have, you know, write to me and tell me that they listen to my music all the time on their system. when it's called JPA. It's kind of like our, it's sort of an internalized system of, um, you know. Um,
0: like a PA system, they playing yeah. on the PA system. Yeah, that's great. Well,
1: well, it's, it's, more, it's more of a personal system. So, you know, where, where we would go on Spotify, they go on JPEG. Okay. It's an, well, it's an enclosed system. So a lot of inmates do that, but you're right. No, over the intercom, I think that would be great. I think what's wrong with taking a lunch hour, you know, maybe, you know, twice a week and making it silence and just pumping music and just letting them just be alone in their thoughts.
0: Exactly. And,
1: and you know, but, but at the same time, giving them something hopeful to see or hopeful to feel no, I, I couldn't agree with you more, and and I think that that's a real testament to, to again what 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 beauty does. So, you know, Pam, if I if I could, you know, uh, you know, scream that from the rooftops, I would say, mm-hmm. parents, give beauty, bathe them in beauty. It makes all the difference in the world. You know.
0: Mhm. And you and the parents will enjoy it too. It'll yeah. be it'll make for a happier world, and that sounds very like rainbows and flowers, but it's true and we've seen mm-hmm. how how rain how you know you look at a group like the Beatles and all you need is love and the kind of, i mean the, really their music sparked an entire generation and is still touching people and you look at what the music did during the 60s and it really helped end the Vietnam war and what music did when people were fighting any war that we've ever had how important the the USO was to for our soldiers how that helped mm-hmm. them and what music is done to help dementia patients and yeah. veterans. And you, you know, in your, uh, in your literature, there's quotes from people suffering from PTSD. There's a Marine uh, who served three deployments and how he has been so helped by your gift of music.
1: Yeah, and, and that's why I, have, I will always say that. Because, you know, I, I would hate the fact that I had missed an opportunity to help one of those people. You know, and this is a, this, you know, the funny thing about this uh, stuff, here's a, here's a great story. I was in a youth prison, well, it was an adult prison, this guy was 23 years old, and he comes up to the warden, who's standing right beside me, and he said, what did I do so bad that you hate me so much, that you're going to make me sit through a violin concert for two hours? <laughs> and I, I said, yo, man, I don't want to sit through a violin concert either, but I said, you know, let's. We'll, you know, and we played and at the end of the show, the guy came up in tears and he gave me this big hug and he said, Oh, I just got sentenced. I said, how'd it go? He said, I got three lifetimes. Ah. And yeah, it's just over. Like it's, it's overwhelming. You know, I wish I was that guy that could just leave a statement like that or a conversation like that and just go to lunch and as if it didn't happen, but I'm not, I live with that statement over. I see that young boy's face over and over and over again and all i think about is three lifetimes and so you know back to the sort of the connection with the music is that this is a style and you know people are going to think oh violin oh it's classical zero interesting going bad i'm not i'm just not going and so when they don't publicize it well i'll go into a prison where 500 guys have signed up to come to the show then I'll get big, you know, three hundred and fifty or so. Because they just thought, no, nah, I'm not going to that. And I just think, oh, what a shame. But you're right. So when you say about, oh well the parents will enjoy it too. Yes, they will. All moved by beauty, young, old, rich, poor, I don't care if you you know you love heavy metal, scream metal, punk rock, acid rock, alternative rock, runs rock, you know, whatever. You will be moved. you you, your humanity on a very deep level will know when it encounters beauty. When it encounters beauty. We are all uplifted. That's just the way we are. Right. You know, the, there's a boy that was... Um,
0: That's our nature. It's our nature yeah. to, to, I mean, we're really resonating with with what God placed in us, I would say.
1: Well, the question is then, if, if, if we know that, you know, so why, why do people feel compelled so much to, to, do, to do music or to, to, to perform or to share music? Because there is something in it. That is unspeakable. So there's the things that you can quantify and things that you cannot. Uh-huh. And humanity is such a mystery to begin with. And so I think, you know, we, we, to a certain degree, humanity left to itself, we sort of venture more towards the zone of chaos. Yes. And I think we have to not just give in to that mentality, give in to the, you know, sort of, there's no hope, give in to that I mean, you know, up in Canada, one of the things that really breaks my heart right now is, you know, they have assisted suicide,
2: mm. and
1: you know, and regardless of how we feel about assisted suicide, a lot of people are taking advantage of it, just you know, ha- having a bad day syndrome.
2: Mm. They may have
1: had, you know, they may have been suffering from depression or so, and then they just have a real bad day, and then that's it. And then by the tens of thousands. And it just breaks my heart, and I think, okay, left to ourselves, that's the inevitable, okay, I'm out, I'm done, I don't want this anymore, and I think, well, have you ever had an encounter with who you really are, or who you were really meant to be, or have you ever were given the opportunity to explore things that really matter to you, like, for example, Pam, music means the world to me so i go out and i perform throughout the world and i'm very grateful so i'll go play in the movie stars home like jim caviezel and then the next day be you know playing on death row and that's great but my thought is 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 i feel very very honored to do that but i do it in my living room because i'd love to do it because there's something about this that moves me well my question is what moves you Mm -hmm. and so when i go into the schools on this because the kids are spending a lot of time on their screens and what they're not doing is they're not developing talents that they have.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: what, you know, these kids, begin, when they're 19, I lovingly get in their face, and I say, what do you have to show for the free time that you've had up to this point in your life?
0: That's right. You're 19
1: mm-hmm. years old. Have you developed your ability to paint? Have you developed your ability to creatively write, to, 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 to play musical instrument? And who cares how good you get? The point is, is that it is a gift to you. To be able to, to to discover your own humanity,
2: mm-hmm,
1: so mm-hmm. so when I think about you know co- composing music, I you feel know, all night just to compose music, and I may never ever perform that piece of music, but I compose it because I love to compose mm-hmm. and I love to create, and it's just very very meaningful to me.
0: You and love so the pro- you love the process. That's your raison d'être.
1: I do Mm -hmm. i really do and i feel very honored to be able to do that and every time i perform pam every time it's like pinch me now who am i that those people should be sitting in that audience listening to my music Mm -hmm. and so i you know so i feel very grateful to be a musician and um you know but i i've been hiding in prisons over the last 30 years and so you know i don't have a big name i don't have it out there and that's perfectly fine i love exactly what i'm doing but what I would love to do is I would love the opportunity to go out there and sort of show the world, you know, and, on on different levels, the impact of, of of this beauty. And so, like I said, I really believe in this work. And and so, but yeah, but what, what I've got over the next nine months, I'm playing in so many prisons, it's, it's gonna be just so awesome. So I'm going out to Florida next month, and I'm gonna be playing in a ton there and a ton of rehab centers. And then I'm going to to Colorado playing in maximum security prisons, and it's just going to be great.
0: Do you ever get depressed? I mean, most people have never been in a prison, don't want to go to a prison. How, how do you not feel a little bit um, overwhelmed sometimes, or does this just fuel you? You seem very excited to go places that people would want to avoid.
1: Yeah. Well, that's- I mean these you know are a lot of these inmates are tough to be around like and I played some for all the all the inmates that you've read about and know about and all the famous and infamous ones and yeah, is it depressing their stories are very depressing you know so when you hear like the last I was in Washington State performing in a prison several about two months ago and there's this one guy that said you know what I was high a friend, me and a friend of mine were gonna go, and he said, "Hey, let's go rob this guy." They said, "Okay, let's go rob him." So they went to rob him, and his friend panicked and pulled out a gun and shot and killed the guy. Mm-hmm. And they both got forty-six years. Mm. So,
0: one bad decision.
1: Sorry. You know what? It's so, Pam. the the you know, for me, it is, it is tough. I I come home sometimes and I tell my wife, you know, I I just want to go work at Walmart and pretend the world's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the same time. I just think you know what i can do something for that guy i don't have to just sort of leave him in there rotting i can go and i can bring him hope and i can talk to him about his future and talk to him about when he gets out and talk about how he's come along in this journey and you know and, and just do all i can to bring hope so i'm pen pals with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of inmates so what i do is i speak there their, they'll, they'll write me and i speak a response in the phone and then i i, I sort of text that to friends who, who um you know volunteers who do all the heavy lifting they'll print it up and they'll send it but i respond to all of them and so i just think you know what you can be part of helping people who are at the most vulnerable time in their life you can help bring bringing them up and that is meaningful to me so that gives me hope and that gives me encouragement yes it's tough sometimes pam when i'm leaving a prison sometimes i'm leaving they're not they're never leaving that's
0: right yeah and
1: that's a really tough reality get over but I just think no but stay in the fight stay in the fight so yeah it's a it's, a, it's a
0: battle. I mean yeah. what would you be doing if you weren't doing this Eric I'm sorry what would you be doing that if you weren't doing this kind of work what did you want to do when you were a kid have you always oh. wanted to be in music and did were you always did you want it to be a social worker or a therapist or what would you be doing if you weren't doing your concerts
1: yeah well probably be something like a teacher you know
0: mm-hmm. right be
1: right right in there with the kids you know it's, it's so fun before doing this work I was a math teacher a math and physics teacher oh wow for about for about two years yeah but you know what music has always been like even when I was in school I used to you know I used to come home from school put the homework in the closet and I would just play the piano and just play and play and play and compose I've been composing music since I was a child so Pam, although I chose another profession, there's nothing in my life that brings me more joy than than what could, I'm doing could, now. Could you just do
0: the... it from just just without reading music? You just started composing. Were you, was it just in your DNA as a kid?
1: Yeah, you know, I um, I mean, I've always read music ever since I was young because I was taking piano lessons at a young age. Okay, but for for me, it was. Yeah. You know, I just thought, you know, my teacher used to say, okay, I want you to go learn this Beethoven piece. I think, why would I learn Beethoven when I can write my own? <laughs> <laughs> and so and so I spend a great deal of time composing. And every time, even now I sit down at the piano and I think it's endless. What, what you can do with this is absolutely endless. And there's a real excitement. So there's so much joy I get deeply you know, from from playing the piano. And, you know, life isn't, you know, life brings its real challenges. As I mentioned, we have a a beautiful girl with down syndrome. There's been another tragedy in my own family, Pam. Like my my eldest son was born with this autism. And, you know, two years ago when he was 25 years old, he took his own life Mm
2: -hmm. and,
1: you know, brings a great deal of challenge Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. all this pours into my music and it pours in when I'm talking to these men and women Mm -hmm. in their prisons or wherever they are it could be on a you know in a concert hall but I'm talking about this because this is something very real that touches their families and touches them personally as well
0: you bring empathy to them you bring your own empathy Mm -hmm.
1: yeah well you know Pam the funny thing is is that a lot of people hide it out of shame there's nothing shameful about it we're all broken and right now, this this depression and this autism and all this seems to be way up. So a lot of families are suffering in ways that maybe are unprecedented. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the last thing I want to do is get up there and give the impression, well, oh, my life is perfect, and if only you were more like me. That yeah. is absolutely not the case. I'm just Well, an and artist. it's more
0: acute since the pandemic. You know, that's... Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. seeing it. Yeah. And, and especially with... Uh, I think we're still suffering the aftermath, and yeah. you know, just this week, I've heard of three people that I know who are suffering with COVID, and and everybody thought it was over. We were on on its way out, but it's still it's still there. There are still pockets of of people getting COVID oh, and yeah. suffering with it.
1: And and the linger of all the chaos. Yes, you know, it's,
0: yeah.
1: it's, and we're we're all feeling all that, and so you know what, Pam? We just do what we can, and I just think you know what I. I'm, I'm, I I'm. know that I I know that I can put four musicians in a room and just bring joy to people. And it's going to cut through all that and cut through all the, you know, it's, it's going to cut through everything that prohibits them from having a real experience for that two hours.
0: Now these really musicians—
1: a real memory.
0: Eric, you pull these musicians, you don't always play with the same people. Do they all live in Kentucky or do they— are they all over the place and you just send the music and they learn the music or do you find time to rehearse? How do you put this together?
1: Yeah, um, they, they, none of them live in Kentucky. They okay. live throughout the country. Okay. So what I do is I have about ten great violinists, ten great cellists, and ten great singers. And uh, it's basically who's ever available. Okay. So, so um, you know, on this upcoming tour, I got I got gr- a great, com- but it, 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 I got great in each section, but they've never played together, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's just sort of the way it is. Unfortunately, I do have to use different musicians, and I'm always looking for musicians because I lose them. So, for example, one of the best violinists I've ever heard in my life just got a great job with the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra. So she's not going to have the freedom.
0: Sure. And so. So, Eric, tell me what's your bucket list between now you know, and the, and the end of the year, and, and just what do you want to get done, and what do you want to do, like a bucket list, are there places that you want to visit that you haven't had a chance to visit, are there people you want to play for that you haven't had a chance to play with or collaborate with, tell, tell me kind of your wish list going forward. Yeah.
1: Well, um, to, to a large degree I'm, I'm, I'm living my bucket list, like mm-hmm. playing, any, every performance is part of it. But you know, I would love to, I love playing for leaders. So it could be politicians, it could be people.
0: Just so you want to play, play for decision makers that can make a difference.
1: Exactly, that's mm-hmm. exactly what I'm, I'll give you an example. I had the pleasure of playing for Jay-Z. Now I was told Eric, don't be offended. He's going to leave after five minutes. He, he leaves every show He won't even stay in for Rihanna for more than five minutes. He stayed the whole show, Pam. Wow. I am so honored by that. But you never know how these things move people, right? That was rare.
0: That was fabulous.
1: Doing different things in prisons was gonna be there, but it happened right before COVID and then his whole attention turned towards prison reform. So mm-hmm. oh well. But but that's my goal. My goal is to play for leaders. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: For politicians, you know, celebrities, bas- you know, um, uh, athletes they affect the world people look to them for for direction they look to them for wisdom they that's just like it or not that's just the way it is
0: well and it's i think so- we're we're looking for heroes and we're i think there's a lot of angst there's a lot of sadness and angst and uh you're absolutely right we make we we deify um, celebrities we do it's just yeah. I think we just need, we need an escape too, for sure, which is nice to see people getting back into the movie theaters again. Um, Yeah. uh, So, impart, if you would, some words of advice to anyone who might be listening, and that could be, you know, someone who wants to get into the music, or uh, just if you can share any kind of life advice, I always ask my guests. Uh, personal and professional advice. And sometimes people will say, This is what I was told and I wish I had taken advice. Here here's you can learn from me. And um and any anything you'd like to share with regards to that and anything that I haven't asked you that you'd like to add, please do it. Mm,
1: very kind. Thank you, Pam. Yeah, with regards to advice, here's it's to me it's very simple. We're we're these bucket of cells, if you will. And we all so there's then there's the unspoken there's the spirit of who we are there's the soul of who we are there's the deeper humanity of who we are uh-huh. and and the question is what is that and how does that manifest itself to be meaningful to the world and to because that's who you really are everything else you know what, what you accomplish and all these things that's all great but who really are you and i think the worst thing in the world is to go through life and really not touch that aspect of who you are and how how is how does that how do you really sort of live life to the fullest if you will and i don't mean well we have to go jump off cliffs and do all these extraordinary things no it could be just sitting down painting it could be you know reading books and thinking but the question is we all have something and so the question is what is that go find it and explore and experiment and don't be afraid to fail so, for me, that's creating music. And then be willing to be vulnerable in front of people. So, my thought is, if if, if it's music or whatever it is, share it with right? And right. you have nowhere to play, go to a nursing home, go to a youth prison where these kids have nothing. go to you know, go yeah to you know where where you know hospice centers. Go and play. I still do that all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll just play in a hospice center and I'll just have the music just drift down the hall, playing it very gently. It's not a big concert. It's just gentle music. Just go and share whatever talent you have. Mm -hmm. If you love to paint, get together with other painters and just uplift and inspire each other. Read things and expose yourself, whether it's a book on tape or reading. Read things that touch your humanity and elevate your humanity often these things are spiritual in nature but don't just distract yourself with this life okay i'm going to just sort of you know whether it's you know i'm going to my business my business means the world to me therefore i'm going to live my business well that's great those are good things to do but who are you like so my thought is if, if you're someone who is moved by spirituality which we really all are because spirituality touches the depth of who we are well the question is You know are you feeding that and are you paying attention to that but the greatest thing i i have found is every human person is made for charity we get far more out of you know sacrificing who we are to serve other people that defines a big part of who we are and so my thought is if you're any if you're somebody at all and you're going through tough times and help people that are going through tougher times. Mm-hmm. We, we, we discover so much of who we are by not only doing things for other people, but by sacrificing things we want for other people. And sometimes, you know, we always think, oh yeah, you know, shoveling the neighbor's driveway or whatever, thats that's a good thing to do and that makes me feel good. But the greatest charity is charity that you do for other people that doesn't make you feel good. So for example, the uncle that always, is mean to you. Call him up and have lunch with him. Yep, yeah, he's going to be mean. Let him be mean. <laughs> he has nothing has nothing to do. So then you're going to walk away more aggravated, but it was a far better, a far better and far more meaningful act of giving and act of charity. So for me, I think every human being is meant to do that. Mm-hmm. So don't push yourself too far, but do push yourself. Mm-hmm. Push yourself to, 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 to that extent, and it'll crowd you more and you will live life more to them
0: well and i think what you're saying too is that our time on the planet is finite don't squander it
1: right yes you know it is interesting because i talked to young about that free time is a gift it's not it's not there forever Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know so take advantage of it Mm -hmm. you know so yeah that's um so that's that you know in terms of you know you know a lot of the advice you know Pursue things that move you. Fame in itself and, and accomplishment they're all right. But but discovering who you are and living living who you are on a deeper human level, I think is the greatest gift a person can give themselves.
0: hmm And living authentically, not living for someone else.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, oh absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Know who you are, know what you believe. I always I tell my son. I have one son who still lives, and I, t- I always tell him, know who you are, know what you believe, know why you believe what you believe, and don't give in to anybody.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah. but You I have, know, you have I the, con-
0: the courage of your conviction. Sorry? You will have the con- courage of your conviction.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, Pam, I mean, you've had an incredible career yourself. So, I mean, you have a great deal of wisdom and a great
0: deal of, of you know, sort of. Just... Well, I mean, I think it's, it's to me, I still feel like I have something left to give and that there's something that I want to be relevant and I want to help and give back. And, yeah. you know, I want to leave a good legacy. I don't have children. I'm not blessed yeah. with kids like you are. Um, <laughs> so it's all, you know, why was I born? I mean, I had a near-death death so I could have died. I, I should have died maybe. So there's a reason that I'm here and what am I supposed to do? Maybe it's just to talk to people like you and spread what you're doing and hopefully help the world in that regard. Now, I don't know what it is. I think every day is a new opportunity. And yep. to, to nothing makes me sadder than when you meet people that have no hope and especially young people. For young people to be so cynical and you know you're supposed to be idealistic, and everything is, is possible when you're young. And so anyway,
1: it is so true. That's the thing. Is that that like I was trying to say earlier? The awe and wonder has already been snuffed out of the eyes. And they're not even 10 years old yeah and you know everything is supposed to be oh look at that oh that's amazing oh that's incredible and it should still be pam every time i sit in front of the channel and i'm going to compose i have that awe and wonder i'm like oh this is going to be just
0: yeah may come
1: to nothing but i've had the greatest hour and a half of my life yeah so i i I just think you know you're right and but but we get comfortable in those zones of sort of self-flagellation and and self-deprecation, and, well, nothing's good is going to come out anyway. Those, we've we, we sort of made our comfort zones, and we sink into those areas even at a young age, and that's got to stop. And Pam, that's why, you know, I love going into schools and playing, and that's why, because what I want to do, I'm I'm running, when I'm playing performing in schools, we play fast and furious, and then I'm running up and down those aisles like a crazy man talking to those kids about them. You know, and the the I played I played at was in Seattle, Washington. and These kids are just bawling, and I'm just thinking, you know, you you guys are going through so much, so much, and you know, you just got to, hope is something now. We can't take for granted anymore. We got to fight. But I'm going to do all I can to bring hope to civilization by going and playing. Pam, greatest gift I've got.
0: Yes. Well, you're a very special man. I didn't know what to expect. A mutual friend invited me, and we were all kind of cramped into the Dark Horse Studio, which is a great place. It feels like a big old treehouse of creativity. But uh, this will not be the last time we talk. I'm trying to open doors for you. I appreciate your time. And again, my guest is Eric. Write his name down. Look him up. It's spelled G-E-N-U-I-S www.ericgenius. I'm going to give you telephone number two if you want to reach out to him. It's 502-303-7744. Book him, email him, reach out to him. He loves humanity and he wants to play his beautiful music. He's also available at Eric at EricGenius.com. Thank you so much, Eric. It's an honor to speak with you. And onward and upward, keep doing beautiful work and staying open to the power of creativity. Awesome. Thank you so much for your kindness, Pam. Back at you, sir. Take care. And you. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Applaudable Perspectives.